Due to copyright concerns, please enjoy a reenactment for a snippet from the trailer for the film The Batman. Ominous music playing. Fear is a tool. And when the light hits that sky, it's not just a call. It's a warning. This has been a reenactment of a snippet from the trailer The Batman. <laughs> Don't look now. Vengeance is coming. Oh, God. I feel so silly doing that. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, hopefully you enjoyed that. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast, where age is nothing but a number in life and in fandoms. I'm Sheila Amato, and you can find me and my wife on our website at foreverfangirls.com. And I am Kimberly Amato, and you can also find us on our socials, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at foreverfanpod, same handle on all three. And we are your hosts, so we're glad you can join us. So on today's show, we are going to um, be doing our normal little format. I know we didn't do it the previous episode, so we're returning to that mm-hmm. um, after the rather emotionally charged one we did <laughs> last time. Mm-hmm. Um, but today we're going to be reviewing the three hour long This is an emotionally charged one too. The Batman. <laughs> Uh, hour uh, as always spoilers are ahead so if you haven't seen the three hour batman in theaters or <laughs> we're streaming just, we're just going to refer to it as that the three hour batman <laughs> please be aware that we that um yes <laughs> i can't even think um maybe it's because we spent three hours uh, i know right um but yes please be aware that if you continue listening past the banter you will get spoiled so pause us watch the film and then come back to listen to our discussion so, things are opening back up again. Yeah. I mean, traveling's open. We're going to be going to some conventions. Yes. And for those who are attending the Erper Homestead Convention, um, otherwise known as Acon. Oh, I forgot to totally loop my music. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a day. <laughs> Let me just fix that. <laughs> I'm trying something new and, and I've been playing with things. And let me, there you go, banter music back on. Are you sure? I, it is. I've been trying some new um, tinkering in the system, so I kind of messed that up. You know, Sorry. you usually try to tinker before we're live. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was focused on the fact that I added all these new sound effects at the end. Anyway, I, I was talking about Acon. Yes, we are going to Acon in Toronto. 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 I can't. It's like <laughs> saying New Orleans and, and Nolens and I can't. Anyway, um, it is going to be... Uh, in August um, and we hope to see you there this August in 2020 in case you are listening to this any other time yes so uh, with that let's uh, let's let me stop the banter music that I just oh my goodness (laughs) okay oh man now that the banter music is ended Kimberly can now read the summary from Google all right so here's going to be the summary from Google And back by popular demand, a.k.a. uh, by Marissa Ayer on Twitter. Batman ventures into Gotham City's underworld (laughs) when a sadistic killer leaves behind a trail of cryptic clues. 
as the evidence begins to lead closer to home and the scale of the perpetrator's plans become clear, he must forge new relationships, unmask the culprit, and bring justice to the abuse of power and corruption that has long plagued the metropolis. <laughs> that is just such an odd juxtaposition. We're talking about Batman. And you're doing it in an Elmo voice. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay. Listen. All right. Someone asked for it. <laughs> okay. Fine. Uh, go ahead and talk about the good. Uh, the trailer looked cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. The tra- no, the trailer was um, the music. I liked that uh, they did use a Nirvana song, um, similar to Black Widow, where they kind of tweaked it and changed it and made it more um, grungy and, mm. and harder. I, I liked that. Um, that's actually what made me want to see it. That's what made it look interesting. Yes. I remember you showing it to me and I'm like, ooh, this looks really cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the visuals. Um, the action the, sequences. The action sequences were, were great. You know, the, the use of um, his his tools, you know, the, the bad gadgets. Yeah. I really like the fact that they introduced like that new tech gear where you had a camera as, as a, a contact, contact lens. lens. Yeah. That was quite phenomenal. Of course, I was like going, oh. Yeah, you've never worn contacts. No. Um, I mean, I've I've seen that in other films as well, but I like how he used it. Mm -hmm. Um, I like how they've incorporated different things into it. The the way uh, the Batman was spying on things, it was more clear, you know, there was... Mm -hmm. It leaned a little more into the technological side of things as opposed to, you know, because we can do it now. Yeah. A little differently than, you know, in the 90s and even in the early noughts. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so it, it looked more intriguing. The other thing that you mentioned that was sticking in my brain is that, you know, you you, you actually said that you liked the fact that he's still trying to get used to his gear, you know, speaking yeah. of his tech gear. Yeah. Um, there was one action sequence where, you know, he's flying and... Are you talking about the one where he jumps off the building? He jumps off the yeah. building. And he looked hesitant to do it initially. Right, because... Uh, and I thought that that was really cool. It showed the the uh, human side, mm-hmm. right? Um, that vengeance does have fear. fear. <laughs> um, so then he landed, and he didn't land like you know gracefully on his feet. He actually crashed. Yeah, he crashed. I think into the top of a, a truck. Right. He tried to land on it, and he like hit it funny, and then he hit like a lamppost. Which, first of all, I kept looking at that, going, "Dude is dead." <laughs> well, bat armor. Yeah, but you know what's funny is when, when he popped out into the suit, though, I went, it's Batman the Bubble Boy. Ay, ay, ay. No, it was, I also liked that they included that. That was a different, like he had a flight suit instead of him just dropping and, you know, using the cape and the, the grappling hooks and all that. I, mm-hmm. I liked that they actually incorporated something like that into the suit. Mm-hmm. But I did giggle at first because of the way it came out and the way it popped up. It sounded like it was inflating bubbles. It was, it's just. It's not Kite Man. <laughs> see that's a funny one <laughs> that's good uh anyway um oh darn i don't have a laugh track for that <laughs> anyway you know i know i know uh, anyway um okay so at least for me when the batman movies first came out you know you always you're always judging the the person behind the the mask yeah, by the how they wear it, how they hold it, right, and also that jawline, mm-hmm. right? The jawline is part of it, and mm-hmm. I think Robert Pattinson 
in this case was he's a got very a perfect jawline for it. For it, yeah. You know what? Even and, and give him credit because he wears the costume well. Mm-hmm. Like, um, and I can only compare it to, and I know it's a completely different company and entity. But uh, if you go back to Star Wars Episode Three, The Return of the Sith. When Hayden Christensen puts on the star, the Darth Vader outfit, he doesn't look menacing or overwhelming or huge. He looks like a kid in a costume for Halloween. Mm. It, yes, it's just, I'm, it's yes. physically, it, it, his stature is different. That is nothing against Hayden Christensen. It's just his stature is different mm-hmm. than this buildup we had of the, of the four, five, and six films. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when you see that and then you see superhero films, you want to see the character you know thor is thor right um wonder woman is wonder woman there's a way that they embody the outfit and the way they walk and a way they carry themselves but also in the physical so you have to give credit to pattinson here for building himself up for i mean he can't really he can't change his height but you know he's got no he carries himself the way batman should or the way we are accustomed to seeing and expect based on comics and movies and everything else how batman kind of just like walks into a place and it's like i'm here yeah he's a bad i was late (laughs) (laughs) you really are rusty at this oh boy I should preface that I haven't slept well in like a week. <laughs> I know. But yeah, uh, you know, but seriously, he really did embody what we do expect coming onto the screen. It's like he rolled out of a comic onto screen when he was in costume. Mm-hmm. Which was great. Yeah. Talking about, you know, in the suit, I thought Catwoman, as once she's in the suit and her fighting skills, the way they choreographed her her scenes, mm-hmm. I thought it was just very cool the way, you know, she just fluidly did all of her fighting. She was very, quote unquote, cat-like. Yes. Yeah. And that, that, that to me... It at, least, just, at least they played on that aspect of the character. Yeah. Um, it, it was reminiscent of, um, oh gosh, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer in, in her version of Catwoman, how, again... Think of the times, couldn't do the special mm-hmm. effects and all that stuff, and we didn't have the technology or the safety harnesses that we have now. But they tried to incorporate it physically as much as, if you looked at this, it didn't look like CGI. Whereas if you look at the Catwoman film, it's CGI climbing all over the walls, and it just you can tell it's yeah. CGI. Right. And it's not CGI that you can look back on and be like, oh, okay, it was of the time, but it's a good film. It's CGI that makes it worse. Right, because you can, it's just... It's, you can't unsee it. Exactly. And the way they used Catwoman in this film, it was more practical. The movements were there. Um, they used her, uh, uh, Kravitz's abilities masterfully in, mm-hmm. in what she could do and then use the camera angles to make it even better. Mm-hmm. So that was well done. Again, the fight scenes and the chase scene even, although not as good as Dark Knight. Oh, with the penguin, you mean? Yeah, that was a cool scene as well, mm-hmm. especially some of it. I was like, really? And I, I will say, honestly, I was kind of underwhelmed by the Batmobile. It had like the great revving for like the entry. I mean, that was a brilliant, the revving of the engine, like it's coming in. Well, yeah, it's, And it, then it looks like a Camaro to me. Because it was one and he was <laughs> still building it up. I, after the Batmobiles I've seen, you have a guy that steps into the suit and actually like carries himself like Batman. And then you give me a it's like transformers okay bumblebee <laughs> is a freaking beetle he is not a camaro the whole point oh, of bumblebee being bigger and larger than life was that he was a beetle <laughs> uh, you know what different show i know 
But that was that was my only gripe, you know, considering the whole special effects and the new stuff. That was my biggest gripe of his tools. Okay. I do love that he rode a motorcycle. Yes. And it wasn't the bat cycle. I, I that was if you're gonna do a a different take on it, either all or one, you can't show a Batmobile that's not completely done and you shouldn't show a motorcycle that's halfway. They showed a motorcycle being normal. Of course, riding in the rain, I was just I was cringing at that. Because yeah. you and I got our licenses in the rain. <laughs> yeah. Well, but I think it's it's really cool that they did have that scene. The 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 two of them, you know, riding off and then um diverging paths. It was just And yes, you you called it. I have to say the minute they both it. got on the bikes, I'm like they're going to get to a point and they're going to split. Yep. Because their paths diverge. Don't you get it? it their uh, paths diverge. But everybody I it's a it's a good visual, okay? For those who don't know their characters, yes. For those of us that do, it's like was that really necessary? She could have just left and he could have gone on his merry way. They didn't have to show them slinking through traffic and driving around and adding more to the runtime and then splitting. Well, you know what? I like the visual. And that's fine. I mean, I understand why they did it. At least the point will get across. You know, it's yeah. not like they threw something in that doesn't make sense. Right. Or did they? Um, so the, the only other good that I can think of is um, the parallel here with the mayor's son. Right oh, after yeah. the mayor was murdered, um, you know, the son was grieving his father's death and it, you know, parallels Batman's story, right? His parents died when he was young. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that, that scene, you could, you could almost feel that the pain coming back to him as he's watching this, the, that was the one time those long zoom in shots worked, worked. Because the emotion of the boy looking at Batman, mm-hmm. and again, at this point in the film, we are supposed to believe that Batman is this evil vigilante who doesn't care about humanity, even though he saves them. We're going to talk more about that later. Um, put a pin in it. Put a pin in it. But he, the boy looks at him, and here's this larger-than-life creature, and the, the slow zoom-in of him... And then into the eyes of Pattinson, it kind of shows like the young boy to the mm-hmm. adult. And that was an excellent cut, an excellent, like very well done. I really liked that parallel. Yeah. Um, was it obvious? Of course. But I, if this is going to how they're going to do it, at least in this case, it really worked. And it was an extremely powerful few minutes. Yeah. Because then it also fuels the story to show why he's so angry, right? Throughout the film. But isn't Batman always angry? I, I know, know why he's angry, but let's be honest. Batman in general, every film we have ever seen of Batman, he is always angry. I understand that. Batman I, is not a guy that sits there and goes and plays with unicorns. He's the guy that goes and he beats up people. I'm just saying, it's had, it just adds to that story. It adds texture. Okay, it adds depth. We'll give it that. Okay, so, themes. There's really only one theme um, that I can... <laughs> that I can really point to, and that is vengeance for vengeance sake will make you lose your humanity. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an excellent point and an interesting theme because if somebody hurts you, human nature dictates you want to lash out, right? You don't mm-hmm. know how, um, but you want to lash out. And no matter how you lash out, it's, it's not going to fill that void or fix that pain you feel. Or make you feel better. In some cases, it might actually make you feel worse. Mm-hmm. So I like the idea of it. Well, I mean, towards the end, you know, they're showing him 
realizing that he can't be just vengeance. Let's just put a pin in that. <laughs> so I can tell you really want to go into the bad here. No, I just I just want to move the conversation along. Okay. You don't want this to be a three-hour podcast. No. <laughs> okay. So Like Gilligan's Island, it's a three-hour tour. <laughs> All right. So let us go ahead and dive into the bad then. Three hour tour. <laughs> Three hours. I remember at one point in the film, um, and I don't know if you have this in here actually, at one point in the film, you and I literally um, looked at each other and we were like, oh, this is like the climactic scene. Why did everybody say it was so long? This is, it's moving along well. The story was going well. And oh my God, we're reaching that point already. It can't be that, I mean, what are people talking about? It's so long. And then I said, you know what? Let, let's hit the bathroom because we had, we watched it on HBO and mm-hmm. we paused it and it wasn't even a third of the way through. Yeah. I, I, and I remember thinking, oh boy. Yeah. And we were like, wait a minute. We're already at like a climactic scene. Yeah. And it's not even, maybe it was like, we think we still had like an hour and 30 minutes left or an hour yeah. and 40. So maybe it was halfway through. It it was still like, I did not expect to still have that much more time. I just remember movie. looking at the bar and like half of it is red and we're like, whoa, mm-hmm. how much more can you do here? Yeah. I literally at a certain point just got started going, that scene wasn't necessary that camera angle wasn't necessary. And in, in a sense of the long brooding shots. Yeah. Maybe like once or twice that would be it, fine. It became but, so redundant yeah. that I was like, you are now padding your runtime at a certain point, like with the mayor's son that worked so well. Mm-hmm. And then the effect completely fell apart because you kept using it over and over and over. And I'm sorry, I'm really tired of seeing Rob Pattinson look broody into the camera like poor pitiful me, Edward Cullen. Although I did like Twilight. But truthfully, do, do you agree with that? Like, it, it just started seeming after a while that he was just staring, brooding into the camera, not saying anything, not doing anything. Yeah, I mean, there there is a time and place for looking longingly into the camera or whatever it was that he was doing. But I... In your words, there could have been judicious editing that could have happened. And I think that the film then would have been tighter. And I think it would have flowed flowed more easily anyway. Um, it, it just felt it just felt very long. The only thing I can really compare it to is Avengers, for example. Which one? Endgame. Okay. Or Infinity War. Either one of the two. They were almost three hours long or at three hours. But it didn't feel like three hours. Yeah. This felt like more than three hours to me. I I got to a point where I literally turned to you and said, we could legitimately remove a good hour of this film and it would be an amazing Batman movie. And instead... I started watching it and I was just like, oh my God, get to the damn point. Yeah. Again, we got halfway through and we were like, oh my God, we're, why did everybody think it was so long? And now we know why. <laughs> because it was. Um, okay, so enough but, about the length. Well, I, I actually think one final point on the length. Mm. You have Zoe Kravitz playing Catwoman. So underused, barely any story development. You could have had 
anyone, anyone playing that character. You did not give for all of this runtime. No, none, zip, zero development into their relationship. One minute they hate each other, the next minute they're kissing in an abandoned area. Are you kidding me? Yeah. They literally could have cut Catwoman out completely in order to develop the Batman the way they wanted to and then give Zoe Kravitz and Catwoman justice and actually do a proper story in the sequel. This was absolutely unnecessary. That could have been your entire hour right there. Well, maybe. But uh, yeah, at least 45 minutes could have been gone if you cut all of Catwoman to use at a later date. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Catwoman, Mm -hmm. that mask was not a mask at all. I, (laughs) and maybe it's because I'm used to the, the previous Catwoman. If it was a beginning of Catwoman or... Maybe it is, and I. But you know what? If it is, what? I mean, I get the leather, everything, the pants, oh, everything else so works perfectly, and then you put on this. I don't know, half torn ski mask. Uh, I mean, they could have literally just given her something for her eyes, mm. like a, 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 a like how Robin a, has what his. is it in New Orleans? What's the what's the what's the Mardi Gras mask? Mm. You could have given anything that she could have gotten at any store anywhere. And instead, you cut a ski mask. And because it was so flimsy across her nose, it, anybody could have pulled that off and see who she is. Yeah. It, it just wasn't it, a, it, it wasn't a good mask. No. And, and that's why I say even like a Mardi Gras mask just for the eyes, mm-hmm. like a Robin um, or, or any of the superheroes that use just the eyes, that would have been fine as a beginning step. Because if this is supposed to be the beginning of Catwoman – That's fine. That would have gone perfectly with the outfit and could have worn a wig, could have done anything else to hide who she is from real life, you know, that type thing. And instead they chose this and it just... It just didn't work. I love Catwoman. And this is just... No. Yeah. I I actually expected to see a lot more of her in this film. Thank you. The way it was built, it was like going to be this great story. And I I wanted development like we got with Michelle Pfeiffer's character eons ago when Dinosaurs Walk the Earth and the movie came out. But (laughs) what? We're not that old. The point is that Catwoman got development. Eartha Kitt got development. Yeah. Maybe it's just DC. I don't know. I don't know. But... That's why I want to see Justice League. The, yeah, the that's, that's what we have to watch it to see how they handle uh, yeah. Wonder Woman. Yeah. So, okay. Anything else? I, the whiny Batman. Yeah, you. <laughs> You've said that more than once. Saving the world before bedtime, but it takes a villain saying I'm a ve- like vengeance to make him see that he needs to be hope for the people. But yet he's been saving people from the beginning. If this is supposed to be an early Batman, then... It should be a younger actor playing it. Number Mm. one. If it is supposed to be a, I don't even mind. Like I liked the long haired Batman. I'm like, oh, okay. He's, it's a different, a grungier look. I liked that. What I didn't like was the whininess, the drawn out broodiness. I get it. Batman's a dark guy. Mm. This is not something the audience doesn't know to overwhelm me. I literally was expecting him to sparkle at one point. Come on. No, come on. There at a certain point in this movie, you have to admit, it got tiring. Yeah, but I never made the connection with Twilight. Well, I can't stand Twilight. Well, but, I mean, 
It's just gone to a point where it's enough. You're a grown man running a multi-billion dollar business. Oh, every, well, that he every couldn't Batman. care less for. But the thing is, every Batman that we have ever seen, even if they couldn't stand their day job of running the business and wanted nothing to do with it, they still understood they needed it as a cover. Mm-hmm. And if this is supposed to be the Batman before that point, okay, great. Doesn't fit the actor. In my opinion, it doesn't fit because I see him with the chiseled jaw and the muscles and the filling out of the costume that he's been doing this for a while, that he's been around. He's not just a well, fly by night. He's been around for about two years at least, yeah, accor- according to the... Uh... According to the long narration that told us instead of showing Yes, but the point is... It's not presented that way. Is it? Is he the innocent guy, the, the guy coming into this that is realizing what he needs to do? Or is this a guy who's well-established? It's not clear. And mm-hmm. if you are saving people left and right, and all of a sudden you think giving them hope means just carrying them out of the water, are you kidding me? People know who you are. They don't, they don't really show me enough of where people are afraid of him. Mm. And I'm sorry, but if, if I have gangsters that are trying to kill everybody and I'm stuck in the middle of like a museum or something and people burst in and try to shoot everybody and Batman comes and saves the day, I'm not going to be afraid of Batman. Ain't going to approach him because, you know, he might have some anger issues. But I'm going to be thankful that Batman was there. You're giving me hope that at least you can help me. So to say at the end that I realize I need to be hope because a criminal says I'm vengeance and you're trying to bookend it and make it all like, look how great we are. no. No, it's drivel. Maybe he needed to realize and that's that what he I was, was there, Hope. But then say, the people look to him as Hope. Have a child come up to him when he's helping them out. Have a child hold him and have a long shot between the child and him. That would have worked. Well, I think he was carrying a child at the, at that, the end. That scene was all I needed. Yeah. Because Batman was now in the light, not in the shadows. And he was saying, I didn't need the long drawn out, I can't be vengeance. I need to be more. No, you were more. The fact that the light came up and he started the movie and said, I'm in the shadows. And now all of a sudden he's in the light. That was all you needed. All you needed. What's interesting to me, to <laughs> segue a little bit away from this, but it's it's kind of um, related to it. I found that, and maybe it's because he was in the Batman suit more so than he was Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But he was not talking at all as Bruce Wayne. And it, did he, he didn't talk that much at all, really. No. And that was the thing that was just, it was, it was, it was bugging me, right? That, because that, that Bruce Wayne slash Batman didn't have much dialogue throughout the whole film or that he spoke that mostly as Batman, not Bruce he Wayne? He spoke mostly as Batman rather than Bruce Wayne. Because to me... The way I see Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is the the debonair playboy, mm-hmm. right? He he's he's charming. He talks to people. Um, Batman is the more you know. I'm not going to talk. I'm just going to do. And it was just Batman was talking all the time. I, I didn't. I you know what? I didn't notice that, but I can see that because again, if you're trying to develop yourself as this is the beginning, Batman. Would he feel 100% comfortable? I mean, again, maybe they wanted to say that he feels more comfortable in the Batman skin than he does in his own as Bruce maybe Wayne. Maybe because he has that mask on. Yeah. But it's, again, it's it's not clear what they were going for. Yeah. It w- and yeah. I'm sorry, but after after hearing so many Batmans and going through them, Christian Bale is an amazing Batman. You think so? I liked his voice as Batman. Mm. I didn't really like him as Bruce Wayne. 
I liked him as Batman. Michael Keaton to me was a fun Batman. Yes, he in, was. in both roles. Yes, but he—I mean—he was also the first, right? When yeah. So um, I mean, I love George Clooney as Bruce Wayne because he was that. Yeah. But I don't. I'm, I don't know how I feel about him as Batman. Right. So Michael yeah. Keaton to me was the first one that sort of embodied both. And when I, I unfortunately, because I, I know those are campy, they were not meant as seriously as, as they're trying to do now, but I do look back at someone who can balance both. And I can't say that Pattinson can't do it because we haven't seen him in an avenue or, 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 or a film that's set up for both. Mm, yeah. But maybe you said that they uh, greenlit the sequel, right? Yeah. So maybe it will... Maybe they'll show some type of balance, but I, I'm telling you right now, if it's three plus hours, <laughs> I, I can't do it. And again, you and I have had this conversation. If, if part one makes us so uncomfortable that we're literally looking at the time where we'd rather be, you know, you know what? I'd rather be going to a doctor and I hate doctors than sitting through another three hour Batman if it's like that. Mm. Well, there's always and hope. That's, again, it's my opinion. It's, yeah. it's, you know, a lot of people love this. What's funny is that your brother actually saw this in the mm-hmm. theater, mm-hmm. and I remember him raving about it. Yeah, he said it was the best Batman he'd ever seen. Yeah. So, I, and again, after, look, after the third in the Nolan trilogy, I can understand why. Mm. The third film was really not good. So I get it. <laughs> I just. Well, um, I'm so sorry. That's all I got. So I guess we can then, with that, go to the cute. Although, I really have no cute. It was a dark, brooding movie. There was no cute. Unless I, you, unless you uh, think about the penguin as being... Um, Colin Farrell? Colin Farrell, and yeah. not recognizing it, but... You know. I mean, that's just good makeup. I mean, is that cute? Uh, no, uh, it's not cute. That's why I said, ah, I didn't even know who the actor was. I mean, I liked the one-line zingers from Catwoman to Batman. Those were good. I don't know if they're cute. Mm. Yeah, I can't find any cute. Okay. All right, so I guess that's our discussion of the Batman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So now it is time for our Forever Fangirls rating. Listen, y'all. Yeah, listen, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. Okay, we rate the Batman two stars. And we agree on this rating. Yeah, I mean, look, I know people are going to disagree with us. And I know a lot of people have absolutely loved this movie. And we would love to hear from you um, in regards to why you like it. In my humble opinion, it's just, it misses the mark. I understand Batman is broody and dark and, you know, uh, a vigilante, if not an anti-hero, if you want to call them that. But this long drawn out overwhelmingly broody it just felt like it missed the balance of bruce wayne and uh the dark knight that always made the story rich the struggle to accept his place in the world on the business side and the struggle on the other side which is why the villains could pick him apart Mm. they padded the runtime trying to add Catwoman. And I've said it before and I will say it again. If you cannot do Catwoman and other strong female characters correctly, please just stop. Dark Phoenix, Catwoman, Wonder Woman. Every single time I've seen an amazing female character film, they seem to drop the ball. 
So can we just stop? If you can't do it, just stop. Mm. And, and one simple final point. At the end of the day, if you're going to do a beginning, then make it a true beginning. Don't give me someone who physically embodies Batman, who makes me feel that he's further along in the story, and then tell me he's not. Your visuals and your storyline, in my humble opinion, didn't match. Yeah. And, you know, the, the movie could have been tighter, no question. You know, um, and as we've been saying, there could have been more character development between Batman and Catwoman because, you know, that is really the essence of a good story, right? It's about the relationships. And it just, I don't know, it just didn't feel like there was enough chemistry there for them. Um, and for me, really personally, it seemed like all the best parts of the film were in the trailer. Right. So, you know, uh, it's just, it's, it's very disappointing that the trailer showed such promise and we just didn't quite get it. Um, but that is, that is going to do it. Uh, I know it was, this month has been interesting in, in regards to our reviews between killing Eve and the Batman um, but we do we do love hearing from you and we would love to hear what you thought, if you liked it, if you didn't like it, what we missed, things like that. You can leave us a message at speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. Uh, you can leave us messages on our socials at forever fan pod, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. And uh, as always, if you're listening to this podcast on your smartphone, please hit the subscribe button and uh, it'll let you know when we pu- publish new ones, which are biweekly. And so until next time, stay safe. Be kind and remember, longer isn't always better. Expressing something succinctly in most cases has a more powerful impact than long, meandering expositions that add nothing to the story. In short, keep it simple. <laughs>